the amplifier goes out when um, that door gets closed and it's hot and it overheats. So that's what happened. Now we got the door open. Hopefully, it won't go out anymore. All three of our readings that we had tonight um, referenced the virtue of humility. And humility has to be a part, really, of all of our lives as well. The great spiritual writer, St. Bernard of Clairvoy, um, whose feast we just celebrated um, just a week or so ago, when asked what was the most important element for the spiritual life, he answered in just three words. He said, humility, humility, and humility. St. Paul once said, What do you have that you have not received? So why do you boast? Humility really is simply a living out of this truth in our lives. Everything we have is something that we've received. Why then do we boast? Of course, knowing this reality in our lives and truly being humble is another thing. Because in the world that we live in today, it's very difficult to be humble because so many people want to be, what we might say, the center of attention, especially with the media. The media is all about making people the center of attention. Whether you're a sports figure a TV personality, or a music music figure. You know, when I think this week about the, and I'm sure many, especially the young people, saw this, and if you're not even young, I'm old, okay, so, uh, but I saw it, okay, but that debacle, okay, with Miley Cyrus, right, okay? I mean, everybody everybody saw that, right, okay? I didn't watch the MTV Awards, but, but I did, of course, see that clip of it, okay? Here's a person who really, you know, sadly denigrated herself to get all that attention. And she certainly did get a lot of attention. World attention. But at what price? At what price? But that's what his life is about today. Is, is getting attention. And we, we, get, we get fed a steady diet of that about being at the center and getting attention. I always like to spend time with really looking at words and the root of the words. Humility. The root of the word humility comes from the Latin word humus, which means the earth. And if you look at this word humility, you will see examples of humility all over the place in the world of nature, right in your backyard, right in your neighborhood. Think about the most beautiful maple tree in your yard or on your street. How can that tree stand so tall and strong in the midst of some of our strong summer storms? or through some of the ice storms that we have in the winter. Of course, it's only with its strong and deep roots 
Without its wide, expansive roots, it cannot absorb all the nourishment that it needs for its leaves. Nor could it withstand like the drought that we had last summer. Yet these roots are totally and completely hidden from our sight. They're deep, deep, deep within the earth. So it is with, so to speak, the root of humility. Our lives cannot really bear fruit, cannot give life to others without the root of humility. Still another example in the world of nature. This is from that of mountains and valleys. Who's not seen beautiful, majestic mountains? You're drawn to them from the distance. They're brilliant peaks piercing the beautiful blue sky. And yet, if you've ever climbed a mountain, you know as you go higher and higher, you get above what we call tree line, and when you get to the very top, there's absolutely no life at all. They're completely barren. The only place where you find life is in the valleys down below. There in the valleys that sometimes are very, very hidden is where you find all the beautiful lakes teeming with wildlife and fish and all the variety of animals and beautiful, beautiful flora. When we exalt ourselves and become very impressive to others, we're apt to be like those mountains, but maybe really barren of real life. When we humble ourselves, we become truly fruitful and vibrant, not only here on earth, but in heaven as well. Today in the Gospel, Jesus uses a meal to teach us this lesson. We learn that he's dining at the home of a leading Pharisee. The Pharisees were very devout people. They were meant to teach the Jewish people how to live the Jewish faith. So today, Jesus is the one, so to speak, who, who takes charge and is going to teach how to really live. You would not believe how many banquets, so to speak, that, that I get invited to in my life. And all these banquets that I can get invited to, I can tell you it's always the same thing. Every time I open the envelopes, $50, okay, that'll get you to the table. $250, that'll get your name in the program. Okay, $1,000, you get to come to the special reception, okay, and before the banquet, okay, and there you can meet the guest speaker. Over and over and over again, it's the same old song, okay? It's all meant as a big game, okay? Of course, they want to make money, but always underneath it, they're trying to stroke you, let you know how important you are, and you can be with all these other really important people, 
as well. Today I think, what is Jesus saying? He's suggesting that you take the lowest place. That you maybe just, so to speak, be a a walk-in. You know, just walk in, you'll get a place, guarantee you. Um, is, is he suggesting you really false humility? Not at all. Not at all. That's, that's what he's saying. He's not trying to tell us to play games. I think what he's really suggesting is something like this. That God has gifted us with all kinds of gifts and talents in our lives. For doing good in the world. And not for gaining status with those people who are around us. There is so much that we can do to address the needs of those around us, especially those who are at the bottom of the barrel. It's up to God and not humans to to give us the honors that we might deserve. As the prophet Micah once so beautifully says in his book, At the end, he says, we are useless servants. We've done no more than our duty. And if that were not enough, Jesus goes even further in his challenge to the guests at the table. Those who came to the banquet were the most likely to throw a banquet for their friends and associates. And Jesus says, when you hold a big party, don't invite those who could invite you, but invite instead the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Does this mean that we shouldn't have parties and picnics for our friends and family? Not at all. Just a week or so ago, we heard Jesus having a great big party with with his friends, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. So Jesus isn't saying we shouldn't celebrate with those friends like, like he did. That's not what he's saying. But he says we should pay attention to those who are the least in our society. He's making that very, very clear. Today, it's in vogue by those who sit, so to speak, at the heads of the tables in our society to be making very, very harsh cuts in medical, nutritional, and educational arenas in our society. Jesus always sat with those folks, with the sinners, the sick, the disreputable. Maybe, too, at this time, we can be their advocates at their time of great need. Here we are now tonight at the banquet of the Lord. We are here on this hot night, His guest of honor at his banquet, and he offers us the very best of his food and drink. Everyone is welcome here. When we leave here, we are well fed. The hungry are fed. Sinners are welcome. May we let this grace continue to flow through us as we leave.